I'm asking all of my listeners, my proud supporters of our courageous men and women in blue to join me and express your unwavering appreciation for law enforcement. Pin Blue Line USA has stylish apparel, great accessories that make a statement and flags that fly with pride. They've got everything you need to show your support for law enforcement. Go to PinBlueLineUSA.com and shop a wide selection of products to show up your patriotism. Use code SID and get 15% off. Stand with me, Sid, and stand with WABC as we honor those who protect and serve. ThinBlueLineUSA.com. Once again, use the code word Sid. This is Sid and Friends in the Morning. Entertaining and informative. Oh, you're my best friend. 77 WABC. Welcome back. Your dreams were your ticket out. Welcome back to that same old place that you laughed about. Well, the names have all changed since you hung around. But those dreams have remained and they've turned around. Who'd have thought they'd lead Because we got him on the spot. Welcome back. Sebastian, when I was a kid growing up, this screamed Brooklyn. Welcome back, Cotter. Gabe Kaplan, John Travolta, the whole crew. Ron Palillo, he played Horseshack. And in the song that opened the show, they show that very famous sign on the Bell Parkway, Bay Ridge, right there by Polly Prepper. I went to school with Joe Tacopina, Arthur Idala, and others. And it used to read fourth largest city in the world. I just told Justin that. I always remember Did you really? Watch, I always remember the opening credits. Yeah, and that was in it. The train, yeah. the, uh, you that's know, right. the trains, That's right. And then they'd see the graffiti in yes. Brooklyn. And- but that sign I saw every morning because my dad, God rest his soul, I miss him, Harvey, would drive me from my house, 2216 Quentin Road, East uh, 22nd Street in Quentin, right by Madison High School, to Poly Prep in Bay Ridge. And I would see that sign on the Bell Parkway every morning. Now they messed it up. I don't even know what it said. For a while it said forget about it, which is stupid. <laughs> forget about yeah, it. Yeah, now it says something else. I don't even know what it means. Adams must have written it. I have no idea. But uh, <laughs> We want to say forget, but we say forget, forget about, about it. it. Right. That's the cool one. Yeah. That's kind of like uh, saying every Italian is a mobster, that every Brooklyn guy talks like a moron. But anyway, uh, my next guest is the Brooklyn guy and anything but a moron. In fact, a brilliant constitutional attorney and a dear friend of mine and this program, the great Alan Dershowitz. Good morning, Alan. Good morning. It shows you you're younger than I am. When I was a young kid, the sign said third largest city. That is, New York without Brooklyn was number one. Chicago was number two. Brooklyn was number three. Los Angeles was number four. By the time you got old enough to read signs, Los Angeles was number three and Brooklyn was number four. Wow. Is that right? We were number three for a while. And I have to tell you, when I lived in Brooklyn, the first at least 15, 16 years, I was pretty much a moron. I finished finished 39th in my class of 47 at Yeshiva. There were eight guys 
dumber than me. <laughs> but the rest of the 39 oh, were God. smarter than me. That's funny. Because I spend my time in Ebbets Field. Right. You know, you don't get A's when you, you know, cut class and watch Carl Erskine pitch a no-hitter, which I got the pleasure of doing. Well, very similarly, uh, we used to play Stratomatic baseball. We wanted Ebbets Field, but a uh, man I just mentioned, Joseph Takapina, he was my yeah. best friend at Poly Prep 46 years ago. We used to carpool together. My father, Harvey, and his late father, Cosmo, would drive me, Takapina, a kid named Bruce Charrett, and a kid named George Small to school. And they had something called the Polyglot, which was the end-of-the-year Poly Prep kind of yearbook. And of all the kids in our class, the two least likely, Alan, two least likely to succeed, Sid Rosenberg and Joseph Takapina. Who's laughing well, now? Right. They were right. Look, one ended up a lawyer, one ended up a talk show guy. <laughs> what you know? Uh, in my claim to fame when I lived in Brooklyn is I played in a softball game in the parking lot of Ebbets Field, and my friend Jacob Greenfield hit a long ball, and it went into the Ebbets Field stand. Wow. And the Brooklyn Eagle had a headline, Kid Hits Homer into Ebbets Field. <laughs> That's great. Well, talking about Ebbets Field, and you mentioned uh, Carl Erskine, over the weekend in uh, in Cooperstown, he was That's actually right. awarded the Buck O'Neill Award. Now, Carl is 96 years old. He can't travel. So his son, Gary, actually went, made the speech, which his father did write, the skinny kid from Anderson, Indiana, winning that Lifetime Achievement Award for baseball. And I know you believe, Alan, like Peter King does, he should be in the Hall of Fame anyway. Oh, there's no question about it. Two no-hitters, 20 strikeouts, you know, winning 20 games. You know, he helped the Brooklyn Dodgers enormously, more than Sandy Koufax in 1955. He should have been in the Hall of Fame and should still be in the Hall of Fame. I called the uh, I had an opportunity to talk to him on the phone. You know, he has a, a son who's challenged, and he wrote a brilliant book uh, talking about his two heroes in life, Jackie Robinson and his mentally challenged son, wow. uh, who, who lived a good life, refused to be uh, called, and his wife refused to institutionalize him, took care of him. He is really a mensch, a mensch. Mm. Yeah. Well, I want you to take me back. I was born in 1967, and yeah, my dad, yeah, I'm a kid. Uh, uh, my dad, Harvey, and my grandfather, Meyer, they're both gone now. I miss them both. But they were both diehard New York Met fans because growing up in Coney Island, my dad on yeah, Surf course, Avenue, yeah, they were Dodger fans. So he explained to me, of course, in 57, when the Mets left, they took the Met orange colors. When the Giants, no, excuse me, they took the Met blue colors. When the Giants left, they took the Giants orange colors. That's why the Mets are blue and orange in 1962. But take me back, Alan, to 1957 in New York when we had three baseball teams down to one. It's amazing. A doctor a long time ago asked me, have I had good bowel movements? And I said, not since the Dodgers left. <laughs> uh, that was the most devastating day. You know, you, you, you pray to God for a World Series. You get it in 1955. And then two years later, God moves in strange ways. You know, I often wonder if the Dodgers have lost that World Series. Remember, they won it. Uh, yes. game, Johnny Padres on the mound. Yeah. yeah. Uh, and if they had lost that, maybe, maybe they wouldn't have moved. Who knows? Mm. So strange, strange. You know, I, I, I moved for, I, I lived in 16 years in, in Boca Raton, Florida. 
my wife and I. And um, well, that's just Brooklyn South. Exactly, Brooklyn same South. thing. That's Long Island on steroids. So, long story short, that's when the the Los Angeles Dodgers used to hold their spring training in Vero Beach. But that dated back to the Brooklyn Dodgers. And when the Dodgers left Vero Beach, they almost sounded like the Brooklynites back in 1957. They were destroyed. I remember. I remember that. I remember that very well. Look, you know, Katsimides has been asking me about doing a show on Sunday morning about Brooklyn, Brooklyn old and new. Uh, I would represent Brooklyn old, and maybe Arthur Idala would represent Brooklyn new, and it would be a nostalgia show, a show all about the things that we love to talk about. I think it would be fun. Me too. In fact, I'd even jump in. I'm even newer than all of you. It could be the three of us. I mean, in the middle. Yeah, I'm in the the middle. middle. Right. right? I mean, my memories uh, still date back to Lundy's in Sheepshead Bay and a place Right by my parents' house, where everybody came on King's Highway called Dubrow's. No, I remember that. I was brought up kosher. So for me, it was Skillowitz's delicatessen. <laughs> uh, I didn't see eaten any of these highbrow cases. Once a year, my parents could afford to take me to Manhattan on Thanksgiving Day, and we went to the farm food, which was kosher. But remember, my high school, we went to school on Christmas Day. We went to school on New Year's Day. We didn't celebrate any of those, quote, Goyesha holidays. For us, it was, you know, Yom Kippur. I just, we went to a show last night. It was a great show by a kid named uh, Edelman. Uh, it's on Broadway. And uh, and it, it it's all about, you know, growing up Jewish in Brooklyn. And in Boston, he talked about. And he said his father told him, being Jewish means you'll never be happy again. That's true. Uh, yep. <laughs> but it's a very, very funny show. Uh, see, I went to Solomon Schechter Yeshiva. From the 10th grade to the 12th grade, it's now defunct. It was on Church Avenue and East 5th Street. No, there's still, it's, it's all over the country. Yeah, but not, 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 not that particular address is gone. But we were off on Christmas when I was uh, no, in school. Not us, not us. Yeah. That would be regarded as blasphemy <laughs> to get off on Christmas. Right. My God. Right. A lot of us cut. You know, we, we, I would cut school all the time. Yeah. I looked, I, I have my old report card, and it has like 27 unexplained absences. <laughs> And I got my education at the Grand Army Plaza Library. I loved libraries. And when I used to speak every year at the Chilmark Library, I would always praise libraries. Then I defended Donald Trump, and the library canceled me completely and said, no more. Oh, my God. This year they allowed me to speak, limited the amount of people to 25, limited the subject, and uh, but I threatened them a lawsuit, so they had to let me speak. But that's... That's Chilmark, Massachusetts for you. Uh, that's, uh, that's happening to you quite a bit these days. This is the brilliant constitutional yeah. attorney, Alan Dershowitz, who had the nerve, actually, to stand up with the Constitution, which meant he stood up with Donald Trump. His book is out. You must get it. Get Trump. Folks, trust me. You talk about uh, being salient, knowing what's going to go on well before it did. you got to check out this book, uh, Get Trump. And talking about Trump, it looks like he's facing his third indictment any second now, any minute yeah. now. He, he, doesn't, he doesn't really seem to be very concerned here, Alan. He should be concerned because he's not going to be able to get the really top lawyer to represent him. Why? Because there's this McCarthyite fascist project called the 65 Project, which a couple of years ago announced that it would go after any lawyer who defended Trump and get them disbarred or disciplined. So I wrote an op-ed saying if any lawyer gets disbarred or disciplined as the result of the 65 Project, I will defend them for free. Guess what they did? They filed a bar charge against me. (laughs) So now I have a bar charge against me, a couple of hundred thousand dollars in legal fees that I have to pay to get out. It's a frivolous, absurd 
uh, bar charge, but they filed it uh, against me because I went against them. So Project 65 is one of the most villainous organizations in America, and it should be looked into because they're sending messages to lawyers. I've had four lawyers call me and say, the Trump team asked me to help defend. I can't do it. I don't want to be Dershowitz. I don't want to have happened to me and my family wow. yeah. what happened to Dershowitz and his family. Yeah. So it's McCarthyism, mm-hmm. pure and simple, and we have to fight back. Look, they picked on the wrong guy from Brooklyn. <laughs> yeah. I'm going to fight back. I'm going to take it to the Court of Appeals. I'm going to take it to the Supreme Court, and I'm not going to let them push me around. Right. But there are a lot of other lawyers, younger lawyers who have their families to care about, their reputations, They're scared. their careers to care yeah. about. They won't yeah. take cases defending Donald Trump. He's being denied his Sixth Amendment right to counsel by people from the extreme left. If you've had an accident, trust Gabo Law, personal injury and medical malpractice attorneys with decades of experience who will provide the attention you deserve and deliver the best possible results in the shortest amount of time. Gabo Law has recovered millions for their clients and will be able to help you. But don't take our word for it. Read all of their five-star reviews from former clients on Google, Avvo, and Facebook. Call Gabo Law today at 800-560-0214 for a free consultation or email at Info at GobbleLaw.com. Gobble Law, where winning is no accident. Well, listen, first of all, you know you become a big deal when your name becomes a verb. Now you've got Dershowitz. But on a serious note, Alan, being you are where you are in your career, and uh, you're going to fight for what's right. You've done it, whether defending sure. yourself against that ridiculous Shepard Epstein clear thing. Or, or, oh, or, yeah, well, that, uh, you know, that nonsense. Now, finally, that right. she, you know, may have. She lied. She lied. Someone else. Right? She lied. But uh, you should really reach out to Donald Trump, whether you like him politically or not, which you don't, and you should represent him. You should represent him. Well, I have a rule. I represent people only once. I don't like to become associated with a client. I like to be able to represent a cause, an issue. And so I represented him once. I refused to represent OJ. But wait, this is a, but this is a huge cause. Huge cause. It is. It is. It is. It is. And I, I, I hope he will get the right lawyers. Look, he has some of the best lawyers around. It's Tacopino. Um, I'm hoping that he'll also hire the Idala firm because I think that would be uh, a tremendous for them. They have such a great firm. You know, two judges. They have Arthur. They have a guy named Imran who's fantastic. Yeah. Uh, they represent me, you know, when, when I'm in trouble, when I, when the lawyer get, needs another lawyer, he goes to Arthur Idala. So, uh, you know, that's high praise for him. It is. You know, I had this discussion with Takapina a couple of days ago. You mentioned OJ. And, uh, you know, he, he has represented some, some tough people. Lilo Brancato, for example, the kid in a Bronx tale who did not pull the trigger but was involved in a shooting where a cop ended up dead. You're on Vandersloot who to this day most people like me think killed that girl in Aruba, uh, and other people n- not necessarily as, as nasty and serious. And I said, Joseph, if this guy Rex Human, I know it's a complete hypothetical, okay, but if this guy Rex Human reached out to you, the Gilgo killer, uh, alleged, and uh, wanted you to represent him, would you do it? He said, no. I said, but wait a second. It doesn't seem to me like you're all that picky. And he said, Sid, you're wrong. Time and time again, he goes, in fact, in fact, I turned down Harvey Weinstein. That's how Arthur Idala got Harvey. Let me ask you, are you picky when it comes to these things or not really? I am picky, but not based on what the crime is. I'm picky based on whether there's a constitutional violation. But if there's a constitutional violation, I will defend anyone. I will not let somebody's unpopularity or even their their uh, presumed guilt 
uh, affect that. And uh, for me, it's an issue of the Constitution. If the Constitution has been violated, you got me as your lawyer. Look, I've defended Nazis and communists, people I despise, people who I wish were hit by trucks. But if they hit by the legal system, they got me. If they hit by trucks, they get a doctor. Wow. And I'm in the same position as the doctor. You know, I have friends who are doctors who've had um, who've had very bad people wheeled in, and they know if they let them die, it'll be good for humanity. But they can't do that. They have to defend. They have to heal them and let them go out and do whatever they're going to do. Uh, I've been very, very lucky. I don't have anybody who's ever committed a crime, a serious crime, after I've gotten them off. And I've gotten a lot of people off. I've gotten a lot of them acquitted. Uh, and, uh, you know, they, they some of them go on to live good lives. Some of them uh, do uh, other things that aren't criminal. But, you know, that's I'm the doctor. I'm the emergency room guy. Mm. I'm the guy mm. who stands between tyranny and 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 uh, liberty. Uh, right. That's what lawyers right. do. Yeah. Yeah. And, yeah, many of our clients are guilty. Thank God for that. Would you want to live in a country where the majority of people who were charged with crime were innocent? No, no. That's Iran. That's China. That's right. That's, that's right. Right. That's... In the United States, our system is pretty darn good. So most of the people who are charged are guilty, but there are some who are not. And yeah. it goes back to the Bible when Abraham yells at God, Halila God, how dare you? You're going to sweep away the innocent of Saddam with the guilty? No. If, what if there are 50 innocent people? What if there are 40, 20, 10? And God says, you know, Abraham, you're right. And I take my lessons from that. You know, to wrap this uh, great conversation up, from Brooklyn to a great law conversation, your protege, you mentioned him once or twice already, Arthur Idala. I asked him the same question. And he's now representing Harvey Weinstein and that repulsive lady who worked alongside uh, Jeffrey Epstein, whatever her name is. She's and- not repulsive. I have to tell you, I, I, I know her, Ghislaine Maxwell. Um, you know, she was naive, etc. Oh, God. But she's a, she's a decent person. Okay, and we'll disagree she, there. She got an unfair okay. trial. Okay, I love you. We'll disagree there. But uh, Artie said, and, I, and I'll quote him, he said, look, Sid, sometimes I know these people are guilty. Not, not necessarily those two. I know they are. He said, but, but, to your point, the way the law works, I have to make sure that the law, whatever happens in these cases, that it ends up going the right way. He may know they're guilty, but he's got a responsibility to make sure it goes through the lawful process. I'm sure that makes you proud. No, and not only that, how do we know they're guilty? Because sometimes they tell us. Why do they tell us? Because they know we have to keep it secret and we can't use it against them. Otherwise, if we could use it against them, and that's what's happened now with the Trump case, where one judge said, "Uh -uh, uh-uh, the lawyer-client privilege was violated because Trump asked some questions uh, that he shouldn't have asked. That undercuts the lawyer-client privilege. When you go to your doctor, your lawyer, your rabbi, your priest, or your spouse, and you tell them things, you expect that nobody will know about that. I will go to the grave with secrets that nobody else in the world knows about some of my clients, not my wife, not my children, Hmm. not my friends. Hmm. You have to do that. Like a priest, uh, uh, you know, a a man comes to a priest and says, I have a real problem. I'm inclined to beat my wife. Uh, The priest can try to talk him out of it, can threaten him with damnation. The one thing the priest can't do is drop a dime on him. You know, uh, the last thing I want to tell you, Alan, is you're not going to have a choice. And you're going to say, Sid, what do you mean? Well, you voted for Joe Biden the last couple of times, but he's going to prison. He is going to jail. And then the other I'll guy. I'll defend him, too. I'll de- Wait a minute. I'll defend him, too. Good. Defend him. If he's impeached, I'll defend him. Good. Defend him. The other guy, RFK Jr., and he's out because yeah. he made anti-Semitic comments, which he did, which he did about COVID 
you are forced at this point, Alan, to vote for Donald Trump. Are you ready? <laughs> no, I'm not. Look, I spoke to a group in Aspen, Colorado, just the other day, and uh, a lot of them were Republicans. And the question was, how do we make you a Republican? I said, very easy. Become the British Conservative Party. They're a conservative <laughs> party. They support a woman's right, right. to choose. They, do. they support gay rights. They, they do. support climate control. Yep. They support gun control. They support separation of church and state. It's true. If the Republicans become that, and if a candidate on the Republican side supports all those views and supports Israel and supports American strength and supports a strong financial country, you got my vote. This is Greg Kelly for Priority Gold. What does it mean to be America's precious metals dealer? It means that you're in touch with the hearts and minds of those who love this country, value our freedom, and want to protect the future. Priority Gold is that precious metals dealer. They've helped thousands of Americans back their retirement with solid gold and silver. Call Priority Gold at 888-506-6439. Receive free shipping, free storage, a free investment guide, and one of the best purchase experiences in the industry. Call now or go to PriorityGold.com.